Hi, my name is Dr. Patricia Morogami. Welcome to your next best self. I know you might be wondering, who's this Dr. Patricia Morogami? Well, I'm a leadership catalyst, a leadership coach, an educator on matters to do with life, leadership, love, and legacy. And I hope that as you start to listen in and practice some of the leadership insights we'll be sharing here, you'll begin to see your next best self. Welcome back to your next best self podcast with me, Dr. Patricia Morogami. What a joy it is to continue to provide a platform for a lot of leaders across the world to continue sharing their breaking through the crisis stories told with authenticity, told with wise vulnerability, and told in such a way that they continue to edify many people all over the world. I want to thank very specially my breakthrough team who not only help produce this particular production, but also take the time to pay attention and to listen to all the podcasts. I want to very specially thank and honor Winnie Miner, my executive manager, who takes the time to listen to the podcast and glean lessons from it that will continue to help her and her friends and networks now and in the future in their leadership journeys. So many of you have come back to us and said you love the women in business segment and um, then the looking forward to the women in corporate leadership segment. And so today we've heard you as we continue to hear you. And I'd like to introduce Marion Gadoga Mwangi. Marion Gadoga Mwangi is the current managing director of BOC Kenya PLC, the leading gases and engineering solutions company owned by the Linda Group AG and listed on the Nairobi Securities Exchange. She's an independent and executive director of British American Tobacco, BAT, and a director at the Kenya Association of Manufacturers, CAM. She's also a long-serving trustee of the Palm House Foundation, an education trust that has shaped the lives of more than 900 bright and needy secondary school young people. And she's also a council member of Superbrands East Africa. She's a full member of the Women Corporate Directors, an association that I also have been a member of, and she serves in the programs committee. She has over 20 years experience in senior management roles with expertise in lean manufacturing, performance management, and trade marketing. Over the last few years, she has a proven track record in transitioning businesses in turnaround situations across FMCG, commodity, dairy, and professional services sectors. You know, when I look at Marion's CV, which has spanned over many years, she has held executive positions at Nestle Foods, Bayer East Africa, general manager roles at Cadbury Kenya and East Africa Craft Foods, Unga Limited, Pamalat Botswana, and the Association of Certified Chartered Accountants, ACCA. She's had full P&L responsibility with business annual net revenues ranging from USD 100,000 to 1 billion USDs and has been the lead for process and business turnaround. As managing director of BOC Kenya, from a board perspective, she's also a permanent member of the All Constituted Committees, Remuneration and Retirement, Nomination and Corporate Governance, Audit and Risk Committee in the Board of Directors. During her tenure, she has already implemented continual improvement using the Kaizen method and an end-to-end -end performance management system, which has dramatically impacted the culture and business indicators positively. 
She's passionate about many things, including business process excellence. And she was recognized as a top 40 under 40 for a period of four years. Well done, Marion. She won the Global Community Service Award at Kraft Foods and is a soft after mentor, executive coach, and public speaker. She's an active Rotarian and Toastmaster, golfing member of, of Karen Country Club, and founder member of the Capital Club and life member of the Kenya Red Cross. Marion is also happily married to Mwangi, and together they're intentionally raising their children. Marion, welcome to your next Best Self podcast. Thank you, Patricia. You know, what a glowing resume profile that you have. But I want to hear who is Marion in her own words. Patricia, the, the professional profile you just read is, is just one, one side of me, but I think that it reflects my passions somewhere because the Palmer's Foundation and my work at Rotary and my work in giving is, is quite important to me. And, and right now I'm, I'm so focused on, on my children and my family life. So apart from the, the, the career side, I, I'd, li I'd like to be known to, to really have a passion for giving and a passion for just making the family life um, happy and, and, and active. And you know, Marion, that's absolutely right. I have gotten to know you over a couple of years and you have consistently showed up very authentically as a person who's deeply rooted in family life, service, and leadership with impact. So let's take a trip down memory lane. How did you start your career and interest in turnarounds and in leading businesses which are going through some challenges and can actually do so using a lean Kaizen kind of methodology? Where did it all start? Patricia, I started my career at Nestle Foods as a marketing trainee actually more of a merchandising executive, you know, balancing between marketing and sales. It was quite a memorable start because I got this job from a newspaper advert and it started my default attitude towards continuous learning and continuous improvement because there's a lot to learn when you're, <clears throat> when you're in the trade and when you're starting with, with really the basics of how to how to, how to start that uh, trade marketing role or marketing role. Um, since then, I, I learned quite a lot and I, I deliberately stayed within multinational companies across Africa and made deliberate moves in, in different industries, uh, looking really to grow in, in um, different businesses, different structured businesses, big revenue, uh, higher margin, um, another country. So it's been, it's been quite a journey but I'm, I'm really grateful that that trust that I had that a newspaper advert would be authentic worked out the way it did. And that's, that's how I really, really started. So I, th I think I will talk about how, how the turnaround career came about uh, later, Patricia, but that's how I started. So starting off right there and then navigating your career, moving forward, now you're in leadership roles at board level as a non-executive directors. Also, you have um, continued to be at the helm of BOC and other organizations. You know, how was your experience in the first CEO role 
And did you face um, a glass maze, which is really this whole idea of um, women not sometimes being so clear about the terrain when it comes to leadership roles, as opposed to the glass ceiling that we've all had about, which you have shattered anyway. And, and what then happened for you when you first got into your first CEO role? That's that's quite a good question. I started quite early. I was 29 when I was appointed general manager, too early if you ask me, and therefore I really, really faced difficulty from, from, the, from the onset. You see, Patricia, when you reach senior management roles as mothers, wives, uh, and women, actually, we can be put into precarious positions that can cause us to fail. I think Glass Cliff and its cousin, Glass Ceiling, uh, the invisible societal barrier are, are, are closely known by, by many, many of us. I don't really think that I shattered it or conquered it, but I found a way around it. I have to say that it's an ongoing challenge. As you know, I have established myself as a turnaround CEO, uh, learning what is required of me and learning how to really, really get a business to turn around from, from a position of failure. And I think when you think about Glass Cliff, the most, most, most roles come about for different reasons. And I think mine did come about when, when something wasn't going very well, they would, they would give, give it to, uh, to me. Then I said, actually, if this is going to be the narrative of my, my career, then I might as well get good at it. So I learned skills uh, around continued improvement. I particularly liked Kaizen. I did Six Sigma earlier, but I particularly liked Kaizen, which I learned in Unga. And I learned that, you know, you can really do this turnaround role and succeed and, and transition into another turnaround and succeed again. So I've become, I've accepted that, you know, turnarounds are easy to do and, and I, I can do it and I accept this reality. I like the fact that you even preempted my next question around glass cliffs and, and you know, being a turnaround CEO for a lot of people, I find the fact that you turned around and reframed your perspective. Turning around a business is not a joke. And for a lot of CEOs who prefer stability, that is a clear glass cliff situation where they are given an assignment that they're almost being set up to fail. I particularly like your reframing attitude of saying, you know what, I may as well get to know this and do it well. So you've worked in so many industries and in many different uh, roles. What's the hardest thing you have had to ever overcome in your leadership journey? I would say that I haven't quite overcome it, but I've, I've managed to know that it's a continual journey and I can get better and better. So every year and every time I'm getting better. And this really is a separation conversation. It's always difficult for me actually haven't met anyone that finds letting people go or releasing people fun. And, and for me, that, that, that is um, something to, to overcome and to continue to grow in. And I've raised my ability to give and receive feedback as a normal course of leadership. So I do a lot of feedback and I, I receive a lot of feedback. In fact, in turnaround situations, I often prefer to have a performance evaluation every month uh, as part of normal business, so that I give colleagues the best opportunity to improve and to do well in their careers, and if not, to exit with dignity. And so it's been a beautiful journey of self-awareness, and certainly not an easy one, but one that I've, I've, I'm, I'm holding by its horns and trying to get better at. So it's, it's quite hard. Um, I remember in Botswana, I let go of a, a, critical, a, a very key, key person in the organization, 
and it was quite a painful exit. It, it caused quite a bit of problems in the company. And I think I was able to sort it out because to resolve it within me first and then with the company because this person had been given the best opportunity to do well in their in their in their career. You know, talking about the fact that we need to hold meetings with ourselves and resolve things internally is a real mark of leadership. And 2020 has given us an unprecedented opportunity to resolve things internally in our own personal spaces because the world went into a Herculean pause. What's one key lesson you've learned that has helped you break through this crisis in 2020, Marion? For me, I think it's the anchor. You know, what what anchors me is the principle of reaping and sowing or the universal law of cause and effect. Some people even call it karma because it reinforces the virtues that I hope I can be remembered for, of somebody of of good character, who is kind, merciful and compassionate and yet firm, somebody who's generous and in fact, generous with information, generous with with assisting people to to get by in these difficult times, Um, being honest and and hardworking especially and being of moderate character. So this this anchor has, has proven even reliable during this time of uh, COVID-19, as you know, our business has has experienced quite a bit of pressure when the oxygen demand was rising. And, and on the other hand, we also had some down downsides of, of the business, the industrial business with industry slowing down. But this, this critical life lesson that I learned quite some time ago has, has really proven to be an anchor. It's, it's also a very, very strong biblical principle. So it's, it's anchored on, on the things that I care about. That's really powerful, this whole idea of anchoring ourselves in ways that will withstand any storm. So when you're thinking about mentorship, I know you mentor many people. And so what guidance would you give a young lady who's just joining the corporate world or a young man who's also just joining the corporate world in a year such as this? Well, Patricia, I would give the same mentorship guidance and advice to the young lady and to the young man. The reception of the same advice is often different and it works for both people. So the first thing I would say to them is to be yourself and being yourself will allow you to really get to know what you're good at. And when you discover what you're good at by basically allowing yourself to do more than what is asked of you, you can then start to work on that area because the the mission in the first, first few years of your corporate career is to really find out what you're good at and what you have passion for. And then after that, just get feedback often and evaluate it for your continuous growth. Get feedback from people who are the same level with you, from your seniors, people below you especially, so, so that you can get honest feedback that you can act upon. And finally, and I don't like to leave this point, Patricia, is help others for the sake of your soul. Help customers, help people who are trying to get into the job you're in, help everybody. Just be more helpful than you can than you can imagine just be deliberately helpful for the sake of your soul and for the sake of your own advancement i love that help others for the sake of your soul because we've been given so many gifts that we did not ask for and so why not use them so i'm very much with you and a kindred spirit with respect to that idea Marion, I know you have been sponsored in terms of leadership positioning. How do you currently sponsor others into leadership? 
And how have you been sponsored, particularly into um, significant roles where to, to explain to our audience what does leadership positioning and sponsorship mean? It actually means having people who know your work is excellent and they speak about you at tables and in spaces where you don't have access to so as to provide opportunities for your growth. So Marion, how have you been sponsored and how do you continue to sponsor others? I've been sponsored, Patricia, and it's it's really great to talk about this because none of us can truly rise without a support and feedback system. So I've been sponsored directly and by, by encouragement. Today I have four active sponsors for my portfolio ambitions, and I'm actually looking for a fifth sponsor in social enterprise. I'm just beginning to grow in, in, in a lot of interest on making an impact in oxygen. So I'm looking for a fifth sponsor. So it's deliberate. And I've, I've, I've found very generous sponsors with, with the, who are willing to meet me and, and express, express my capabilities at, at places where I, I don't have access to. So I run a mentorship program. I monthly on the third Saturday, I, and I aim to, to mentor and sponsor young people. I remember one class, Dr. Patricia, you took us through saying you should have at least five people, like the number of your fingers. So I'm aiming for five to 10 targets. I've got five right now that I directly challenge and target to sponsor when they, when they are ready. So I aim to get into that doubt that young people will always have and, and, and assist them through. And what I've found is that those who are mentoring me or who are sponsoring me are also acting as reverse mentors for me. So these young people that I'm mentoring sometimes give me an insight that they cannot imagine how impactful it was it, it, it is for me. Marion, you're such an avid learner. I still remember that class where I talked about the Leadership Accountability Circle, and I can hear you're practicing it live and in person in terms of mentoring 10 people, hanging from each finger, having reverse mentors, and positioning. There's something you said there that I'd like to just build on that you said that most people struggle with. Most people struggle with getting a sponsor. And you said you're even looking for a fifth sponsor. How did you start in terms of even just approaching the ones you have? And what advice would you give to someone who's looking to get sponsors, position us into specific intentional spaces? I took your advice. You're, you're right. I'm a good student. I ask. I approach the person and I ask, would you be my sponsor directly without going around um, the round and saying, you know, this and that. Just, I just asked directly, would you be my sponsor? And this is what I'm looking for. I'd like to go my portfolio in this, this and this area. People will say a resounding yes, because they can see that your accountability for your own success is high. The mentorship and sponsorship, a person that people resist is the one that leaves, comes and says to you, get me a, a, a board position and, and leave it at that. But if you approach somebody saying, I'm taking accountability for my own growth, I'd like you to, to sponsor me in this, in this area. These are the things that I have done. And these are the kind of conversations I'd like to have with you. Can I just schedule a quarterly or a half yearly, depending on who you're asking, a deliberate conversation with you? Even if a position doesn't come up, I will have gained a lot from your knowledge. And that is, that is something nobody can say no to. So that's how I ask. I just go and ask. And that's actually what I learned in that class. You know, that's why they say coaches and teachers never grow old. You should just see how happy I am to hear you say this and how happy I am that so many more people will learn from your experience and your story 
all across the world because this podcast is now being listened to by people as far as China, India, Kazakhstan, France. So you never know who you'll be touching by sharing your story with such impact. And so now we are getting to the final segment of our conversation together, the power of one, the power of one. I deeply believe that one person, as was said, and I'm paraphrasing here, was said by a wise person, that one person with courage makes a majority. And so the first thing that I want to ask you is what's your one word for 2020? Rest. Rest as in settledness and confidence in in the things that that are that I'm aiming for and in the things that I've been assigned to do so just rest in that broad broad perspective actually I wanted to stop at rest but I just felt the need to explain what I mean by rest because I, I don't mean like going to sleep but meaning that I, am, I have settledness of mind settledness of purpose I'm, I'm settled I'm not anxious and I'm, I'm courageous and and being and being brave in pursuing the things that are in, are in my heart. That's wonderful. And you know, rest is a twin sister of serenity. So thank you so much for explaining that further so that we all understand it. So what's your one daily habit, personally, family-wise, and business-wise? You can give us one for each element if there are three separate one things that you do daily, one daily habit. Uh, Patricia, you have to forgive me because I have three personal ones because they are so consistent. I can't leave one out. No problem. <laughs> so the first one is that I've got an elevated morning. I, I learned it from the 5 a.m. club, a book that we, we both have read. 40, 40 minutes, 10 minutes and 10 minutes of, of exercise, meditation and reflecting for the day. So I start my morning quite early. I actually don't want to mention the time. It's very early. And then have a reading hour at 8.15 and have an elevated training app on my phone that I do daily. So that's the personal, the personal daily habit. It's, it's, in, my, it's in my routine, so I do it without, without much, much uh, effort. And business-wise, I've got a priority board that I look at every morning. So when I walk into my office, I have a priority board that has, has defined the four quadrants. And I review it and consider that if it was in my 10 minutes in the morning, what I will work on during that day and what area I will impact that day. And as a family, we have a daily devotion. Before we sleep, we, we do a daily devotion. We've got a book that has 365 uh, devotions. My daughter is leading it at the moment. And it's such an important part of the time before we sleep. So we do daily devotion. That's wonderful. You know, I am jumping with joy because you're right, Robin Sharma and the 5 a.m. club and what he talks about the first hour and how we safeguard that hour and make it a ritual has such a powerful effect on the rest of your day. So you've done many things, Marion. And um, I really like what you talked about, your business priority board. I like the fact that you've anchored your children in a devotion and teaching them faith and teaching them how to anchor themselves on things that are everlasting. So well done on those one daily habits. You've done many things in addition to the ones you've just shared, the ones I read in your profile, but I know that there must be another one next best thing that you aim to do. What's that? I want to do a social enterprise. So I've never really done the work of, of social entrepreneurship where you where you find a problem in society and, and try to solve it. I've been reading a lot about it. And it appears to me that it's calling me. It appears that it's calling me to, 
to do impactful impactful things in, in a social enterprise way. I'm, I'm quite results oriented, but I'm sure this, this social enterprise would accommodate my, my, my habits or my behavior. But I also don't want to lose sight of, of continuing to show up for my children. They are, they are growing, they, they are growing older and older. So I want to do those two things really well. And, and, I, and I'm sure that um, my prayers will be answered when I, when I, when I, get, when I get there. That's wonderful, Marion. And you know, Marion, that I must ask you a question, which um, I hope you'll be ready to answer. But I know from my experience with you is that you, you've always honored marriage and been married to Mwangi. What's one thing that you do consistently to keep that relationship really soaring over all the others? Oh, it's an easy question to answer because I really work on respect for, for, for my husband. And respect is is something that is that you get back in in troops. You don't really do it for that reason, but it, it is well guided for for us in, in 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 the good book that if you respect your husband and hopefully he'll love you in return. But um, this this idea of of respecting your your partner and knowing that his role in the family life is is uh, is ordered works works i mean i wouldn't say that marriage is, is easy and you just wake up and, and it's happy it's something that you, you you focus on and something you continuously uh prioritize and, and and work towards and in the end you know you it, it can work out if, if both of you are playing your roles very powerful advice you know i'm currently in a book club with my husband and we're reading the book love and respect and it's been fascinating and i recommend it to any couple who's been married or any couple who intends to get married. And, you know, Marion, by sharing that respecting Mwangi is fundamental for you and that actually it goes full circle. You're absolutely right. Respect our husbands and chances are they will love us back. Yes, this hopefully is. Yes. Yeah, and we keep trying and we keep trying. And I think, uh, you know, if you believe in God, God sees our intentions, isn't it? And even when things are tough, if we are anchored those relationships in the right foundations, somehow we are able to overcome the turbulent seasons. So imagine you're now celebrating your 70th birthday and you want to give yourself one piece of advice to the older next best Marion. What would you tell her? Well, I'm really looking forward to this 70th, actually, um, because what I would say to, to her is ask for what you want and don't settle for less. So do those vocations that are compatible with who you are, because you know who you are. So do those vocations, jobs, volunteer work, um, business that is compatible with who you are. Then it's going to be easy. And then don't worry about invisible people. And invisible people is what what is what people are going to say, who is going to think, because they're invisible, actually, as you grow older, you realize they actually don't exist. That's more than one piece of advice, but there is, there you go. <laughs> Great advice. I think so many people walk through life fighting the shadows and they dissipate their energy instead of keeping that energy for that which truly matters. So, Marion, thank you for that piece of advice, especially around the invisible people who, in a way, somehow seem to plague a lot of people. And so we are coming to the tail end. My last question for you. Marion, when all is said and done, what's the one thing you'd like to be remembered for? I'd like to be remembered uh, for the fact that I impacted my society from where I was. 
one of my, my best moments was when I won that Global Community Service Prize at uh, Kraft Foods at Cadbury. It, it was such a, um, a memorable time and I'd like, I'd like that to stay. So in every industry I've touched, in every area that I've worked, I want to make an impact from where I am. So today I'm, I'm thinking about changing the oxygen narrative in Kenya and Africa, that I was part of the, the team that created a solution that saves lives and brings dignity among those who, who have felt ill and have felt that they were not deserving of, of an, a good oxygen solution. So I'm, I'm into impact and into things that, that help society. And that's perhaps where I'm looking for a social enterprise a sponsor or a special enterprise uh, mentor so I can learn how this how this happens actually. That's wonderful and you know I can't resist asking you one little question there because you're serving on um, several corporate boards. How are you influencing them as a board member and influencing the society that board serves so as to look at um, not only profit but purpose and impact because I can see you have a strong intention for raising social impact. And I can't also resist quoting what you taught us about the three Ps, people, planet, and profit. Absolutely. So when I show up, <laughs> when I show up at these meetings, I'm always thinking about what, what good and what impact can we leave in society because of the positions we've been given. We've been elevated, so how can we elevate others? And how can we expand this, uh, these three Ps? In, in a way that is that is memorable and and can can really change change narratives. I still believe that we everybody wherever we are can can make a huge impact by just being deliberate and being intentional. You're absolutely right, Marion. It's been such a joy having this conversation. So many insights, deep, profound lessons that you've shared with us, spanning across your own personal life, your family life, marriage life, leadership life, right from the start to board level. And we're wishing you the very best as you continue to have an impact. I know that this year, the need for oxygen has shot through the roof. And I know BOC team has done incredible work to ensure that happens, particularly given the COVID-19 pandemic, where the need for oxygen is fundamental to people who are struggling to, to breathe uh, as a result of this pandemic. And so I want to wish you the very, very best as you continue to scale the heights, raise others as you grow and lead and have the kind of impact across the three Ps that you are continuing to seek to have. Thank you very much. I enjoyed this conversation and it's, it's really good to see you continuing to to teach other people and we are also learning. I listen to all your podcasts, some some of them too many times to, <laughs> to just to just learn because you conduct them well. Thank you, Patricia. No, Marion, it's been such a joy and thank you for honoring us with your attention to even learn from others. We continue to, um, you know, share the stories and give each of you a platform so that someone somewhere will look and see if Marion can do it, so can I. I wish you the very best and I hope that you continue becoming your next best self. Thank you. Thank you.